Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Dan Panetti here with my good friend, Gabe Boyd. Gabe, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, and we're kind of uh, wrapping up 2022, getting ready for 2023. Yes. Uh, and um, I, I think it's, you know, part of the conversation uh, is is kind of like, um, how do we do next year better, right? Now, yeah. m- most of the time, and I've, I've mentioned this before, most of the time I do my life evaluation on my birthday. Okay. Um, and I don't know why that started, but it kind of it kind of ruins your birthday, right? Because it's, it's my time to go. Well, it depends and, on what kind of year you had, I guess. I guess. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be a really good one. That's right. Mine are always bad. Um, but uh, but I, I, think, I think it's an important process in the development of a man um, to have a time to reflect mm-hmm. um, and to, to think about um, how do I... Uh, how do I do this better? Um, and, you know, I think about you know a Jonathan Edwards, who's you know wrote a great book um, on you know resolutions, and he he sat down one you know time and he just put that I don't remember how many he did fifty something different you know resolutions, and they're all about spiritual development, just life, how to do life better. Um, very profound, right? So if you're going to dig sure. into Jonathan Edwards, you're sure. you're going to get some meat and potatoes. So yeah. you got to get ready for that. Um, but but um, a lot of people use. Uh, and we've used before in, in our work, right, a particular verse, Luke 2.52, where it talks about the life of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and it says uh, that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. Mm-hmm. And so you just kind of pull that verse out and you think about it and you go, okay, so those are at least four areas that I can kind of look at and say, okay, Gabe, um, how are you going to grow? How are you going to develop Right in these particular areas next year, yeah. right, and and not just kind of like pie in the sky. Well, I hope I am right, or I'm going to pray about it. Sure. Um, but actually, kind of putting together kind of a practical, um, you know, plan to say here's the things that I actually want to do to grow in those areas. So that's what I want to talk about with you. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exciting. It sounds like a a big task. Yeah, um, but hopefully not overwhelming. Right, uh, because I think I, I I think one of the big things is like we always want to be. Um, we want to be intentional with the things that we, with the goals that we set. Yep. Uh, we we don't want to make it easy on ourselves, but we also we also want to be able to challenge ourselves so to, I, to okay. be better. I, I like that you said we don't want to make it easy on ourselves, yeah. but the reality is, I mean, think about this: if you were, and you know, degrees are kind of a weird thing, right? But like, but if you were one percent better than you were last year, yeah, that's a step in the right direction in that's my right. book, right? Now, yeah. um, again, right, you don't want to make it easy on yourself. So when you set goals. Um, you know, make goals that you say, hey, this is something I really do want to accomplish and it's something to kind of push forward on. Um, but it doesn't mean that that you worship the goals themselves, right? right. I, th- I think yeah. the process of just getting better in life yeah. uh, is something that you need to have. And so, you know, your goals are going to be different than somebody else's. What you think you need to be working on is different than somebody else. Um, it might be something as as you do this that you um, that you ask for some input from some friends, mm-hmm. right? The the community around you, right? Spouse, yeah. uh, just people who've known you for a long time, and just say, hey, where's some areas that I can really grow and develop this year? Um, and I think that's a, that's an important process. Yeah, one of the things that I always tell our students is like, 
it's it's about progress and not perfection, exactly. right? Oh, yeah. And I think so many of us on January first, or, or maybe just January second, after we've we, we've officially yeah. said like, hey, <laughs> we're implementing these goals now, right? Like right. these are my resolutions, if you will. And and, and it's like, well, on January second, like I've got to have it mastered. I've got to be done. Right. And it's like, but but that's not that's the not it's the, not the yeah, concept no. of a yearly goal or it's something. To, it's something to strive for, right? It's it's something that progressively through the course of the year, we're not going to maybe necessarily attain it, but we want to, we do want to be better. So that, that goes to your 1%, right? right? It's like, can I just get better every day? Uh, and we'll, I think we'll talk a little bit more about how uh, this gradual process of getting better, this gradual progression of working towards our goals um, is going to be really important and not expecting perfection out of ourselves. Yep. Because as soon as that's the expectation, then failure is a real thing. Right. Uh, and that it, once we fail enough, then we'll quit well and i think i think what happens is if you accomplish it then you kind of worship yourself mm-hmm. right and you get the big old pat on the back and right and it's just like yeah. that that's not what it's about either right it's about getting better um it's not about hey i accomplished this goal hey i accomplished this goal look how great i am yeah that's because i mean if that's what you're trying to get better in right is everybody looking at you saying how great you are then i think you need to reevaluate your goals i'll say this though before we get to the practical part okay um i think um everything that i've been hearing um is as as studies are looking at people today, um, there's an increased loneliness and um, disunity among people. There's a lot of isolation, um, and we won't go back to COVID, right? But yeah. coming out of COVID, I think you know a lot of people still um, are isolated, insulated, um, and haven't built community. And so my concept in developing your goals, I think is you've got to build community in developing the goals because one, you need accountability, sure. right? So, hey, Gabe, here's some things I'm going to work on this year. And then Gabe's job is to, is to check up on me, right? Hey, how are yeah. you doing on that? You know, how, how have you progressed? What are you doing? Right? That's an important part. But it's also the encouragement, right? When you, you know, go to the gym together and, and mm-hmm. you know, at five o'clock in the morning, it's like, I don't want to go, but oh, well, Gabe's going to meet me there. So <laughs> you get that, right? You get that extra push. And, and part of how do you build community um, and create those relationships? Um, and this, this may sound unusual. Um, but I think the importance of being in a, um, a Bible believing like church is an important aspect for every man. If you want to get better in life, that's the place that this, <laughs> that's the place that I would start. I would say you need to be in a church. Um, because one, it places you around other people that can help you get better in life. Yeah. Uh, if you're a young guy, it gives you some older guys that can kind of come alongside and mentor you. Uh, if you're an older guy, it gives you some young guys that you can begin to pour into. Uh, and I think, you know, one of, one of the ways of getting better in life um, is having to disciple somebody else and to train somebody else because then you actually have to do it if you're going to tell somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say that, you know, before we even get to the practical aspect of what do those things look like, I would say the most practical thing is you got to build a community of people who want to do life well. And what does that mean? Well, to me, it means since God is the designer of life, he's the creator, he's the author, he's the perfecter of it, right? It's people who need to know what that means according to his word, mm-hmm. right? Not just, hey, Gabe's going to get better, which means he's going to get wealthier. Well, okay. With more money comes more responsibility, Yeah. right? Uh, Gabe's going to get better. He's going to have more, right? And whatever that means, whatever that looks like. Um, I go back to Joshua 1 where he talks about, hey, you want to be prosperous and you want to be successful? Know God's word. Yeah. It's, liter- it's literally what he told Joshua. <laughs> and you're like, what? Like, how does that even make sense? The kings, right? When, when he gave, you know, hey, kings, here's what you don't do. Here's what you do, right? And what do you do? Well, you write the word of God and then you spend time in it every day. And you're like, 
that's how you lead a nation of people? And the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say, and you know, you work at a church, right? So you, you probably would, <laughs> would agree with me. A hundred percent. hundred percent. hundred percent. But just, and if you want to, if we want to lead your family, um, if you want to lead our community, um, I think those ideas and those concepts need to come from somewhere. This isn't just, you know, Dan Panetti sitting down thinking, hey, I want to do life better and here's how I do it. It's I want to do life better. What does that mean? And then I go to God's word and I figure that out. And so a church to me is a great place to go to find people who have that same um, understanding and evaluation of life so they can help me in my journey. Yeah, I I think you right there you said something really good in the sense of like in in a church you're going to find a community that's going to have – similar values, uh, and really a similar mindset, uh, to why you're setting these goals. Right. Exactly. Uh, That at the end of the day, that these goals, uh, Lord willing are not just about you becoming better, uh, but you growing. Um, and, and just like you said in Luke 252, right? It's, I'm growing not just in, uh, who I am, but, um, who I am in light of who God is, yeah. uh, and what I understand about him going so, back to your, so, okay. I totally, I totally love that. I see, I see where you're going with that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I didn't even think about that's where we were going, but that's totally where we're going is yeah. <clears throat> why would we get better this year than last year? And the reason is, is because there's work that God has created for us to do, mm-hmm. and we want to get better in doing that, Yeah, right? I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better man because the world needs better people in it because God has created us to do these things. And when we don't take them well, when we don't do them well, we don't do them seriously, right? It's like that, the, the world doesn't work as well, right? And we have a, we have a responsibility to be actively engaged in making the world a better place, yeah. right? To, to bring in God's truth and wisdom into the world around us. Now, does that mean that the world, right? Big picture. Does that mm-hmm. mean the world's going to be a better place? And the answer is not necessarily, but, but my part of it, sure. right? I can yeah. improve my part of it. I can improve my wall, right? My, you know, Nehemiah concept, right? I've got my part of the wall. Yeah. I'm going to make my part of the wall the best that it can be. Yeah. I'm going to make my home the best that we're a place of, peace and meaning and significance. I'm going to, I'm going to help train my kids to be the best men and women that they can be, yeah. or in your case, women, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. lots of them, lots of, them. <laughs> lots of, them. but I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Right. Yeah. And, and when you don't do that, and I think every, every person's at a different situation, I'm thinking of a guy, you know, right now, you know, he's, he's divorced and he's not a, a part of his kid's life. And I'm thinking for him, <clears throat> right. To be a better husband, to be a better father, Right, it might look different than for me, but I think the same question has to be asked. Right, how how are you going to be the best man that you can be? Now, how do you treat your ex spouse? Mm-hmm. Right, what are the things that you say about her? How do you uh, encourage and uplift her and make her? So you may not even be married anymore, but you still have a responsibility because I I believe you you are part of a covenant. Mm-hmm. So you're still responsible to God to be the best husband to her, even if a piece of paper doesn't say that you have any legal obligations to do it. Yeah, and I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> right? I feel like that's maybe a different that's, podcast. That's a totally different podcast, right? <laughs> but you still have a responsibility to be the best dad. Sure. Right? I mean, you, you know, you're raising those kids and it's like, you know, even if I'm not living in the same house, it's like, well, be the best dad you can then. Yeah. What does that look like? So like, let's get practical then, right? Okay. Let's, let's dive into. Well, before we do, let, you, one, one, more one more thought on this is like when you, when you said this idea of like, we, we want to do this inside the context of community, right. uh, it just, it just made me think of like, even in the business world, right? Is that uh, we share goals in order to have accountability, but right. also to find encouragement um, in, in the hopes that we are consistently progressing towards reaching those goals. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think this 
um, this avenue of finding that community inside of a church uh, is really, really important because, yes, uh, when we talk about growing in stature, right, if I want to lose weight this year, if I want to put on muscle, whatever, whatever your physical goal may be, mm-hmm. uh, it's fine if you want to go to some dudes at the office um, or, or something like that to find community in that realm of life. Um, but uh, if you're going to grow spiritually, you need to find people that are like-minded that are going to help uh, – help you understand one, the value, uh, that that has in your life right. to grow as a man. Um, but, but you're not probably not going to find that at, with just a bunch of guys at the office or, you know, your pickleball group or whatever, right? Like you, you're going to find that with men of God who are inside of a church right. and a part of a, a believing community. True, so true. Yep. It just, just that, that added, uh, element of man being involved in a church. Um, if you're not this year, um, start next year. <laughs> Yeah. Start at Christmas yeah. uh, and, and find some guys yeah. uh, intentionally. And, and, and maybe please, that's part of your goal. Yeah, maybe that's please, one of them. Yeah, please don't be a consumer of a church. Don't don't be sitting there looking, hey, what do I get out of this? But sure, you, yeah. you need to look at saying, what what do I bring to the table? Yeah. Right? Because that's that's where you're going to get something out of it is when you put something into it. Yeah. Right? If you're just sitting there waiting to soak it all up, right, you're not going to get anything. But if you invest in it and you put into it and you say, how can I serve? How can I minister? How can, where can I be used by God in here? Right. Then you can start getting things out of it. That's how it works. Yeah. Right. So let's look at um, Luke two fifty two and just kind of dive into it. And then we'll throw some other things in here, but um, Jesus grew in wisdom. Um, I think, um, you know, the, the concept is, okay, how do I grow in wisdom? Um, for me, um, this is an understanding that I'm going to um, to grow and develop myself kind of in the life of my mind, in my understanding of the world around me. Um, I think reading is a big part of this. I knew you were going to say know, that. I, I knew it was going to come back to books. You were going to tell a bunch of guys, start reading books. Start, I, kn- I start, knew it. I was just start waiting for books. It. And men don't read, generally speaking. <laughs> so I think I think if you want to start small, um, I would say, you know, where, wherever you are, right? Most my, you know, most guys I talk to, you know, I don't read at all, right? I'm like, well, okay, the next year, read a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I usually do the, um, you know, I think you can read one a, one a month. That's twelve a year. Um, usually, guys look at me like, whoa, um, you know, no, I'm not, progress, right? Progress, progress. Right? Work, work towards it. Um, <clears throat> I put a thing together one time. Because if I met people who read, they generally kind of read in just kind of one genre. It's like, you know, I read, but I, I only read this kind of book. And I'm like, oh, but you don't only eat that kind of food, right? When you, when you go, you get a wide variety of things. And so I, I try to spread my reading out, even in, even in my spiritual development part, right? I've got spiritual disciplines, passion and devotion, um, biblical literacy, cultural apologetics, um, and what was the last one? Marriage and family. Okay. Right. So I try to read across those categories. So I'm not just, you know, how do I become a better husband and a father? Right. Well, I'm not reading 10 books on that a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I want to read one or two. Right. How do I understand the world around me? Right. A cultural apologetics aspect. Mm-hmm. I'm not reading 10 books on that a year, but I want to read one or two. Yeah. Right. Biblical literacy. How do I understand God's word better? Right. Read, read a book on that. Yeah. Right. Um, how to study the Bible by Watchman Nee. Great book. Um, uh, and then, you know, just um, passion, devotion, right? Read a biography about a, a great, you know, man in history. It's awesome, right? I mean, in, encourage yourself, stimulate, like, like hey, you know, this guy did this. Like, that, that helps me understand that, you know, God can use me to do great things because he doesn't need great people. Yeah. He just needs people who are faithful. Um, and then spiritual disciplines, for me, um, you know, Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline, like, you know, how do you actually practice the disciplines of the faith so that you're growing in your faith, right? What does prayer look like? What does meditation and memorization look like? Those kind of things, 
right, are important if you're going to practice the Christian life to, to, you know, really learn what they are. Prayer and fasting. I think fasting is, you know, kind of lost its, you know, mojo in, in the world today. Nobody yeah. fasts anymore. It's like, what does that mean? And I'm not talking about intermittent fasting to lose weight. I'm, I'm talking <laughs> right. about fasting so that you can feast on the Word of God, yeah. right? You know, and I, I tell people, uh, if you've ever been to Colorado um, and you go out at night in Colorado and you look up and what do you see? Stars. I mean, and like a billion of them, right? Like, yeah. you're like, what? And you think, these aren't the same stars when I'm in Dallas. And you're like, well, technically they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the same sky. But you can't see them because you have so much, you know, just light pollution. Mm-hmm. And so when you go up to Colorado, you don't have any of that. And that's the idea of fasting so that you can feast is you remove those things that, that basically um, cloud your mind so that you can't focus on the word of God and what God wants to communicate to you. Yeah. And so you you fast because that physical removal of food makes your mind focus itself pretty well, right? When when the hunger pain comes and you begin yeah. to say, hey, I want to I pray, I want to ask God, I want to seek God. Um, we need physical reminders of spiritual truths. And, yeah. and fasting is a really interesting thing if people haven't ever done it before. Yeah, to two things really quick in relation to what you just said is, uh, and we'll talk more about this, but even that process of fasting, that practice, um, we're we're taking something out, Mm -hmm. but, but the anticipation is that we're also adding something to it. Right. And so that's a teaser for what we'll talk about here in a minute. But, um, but also when you started going through that list of things, it just reminded me of so many of those uh, categories that you've separated all these books. And I know that you're reading multiple books in multiple categories throughout the course of the year because you're a reader. reader. Uh, But for, if you're not a reader, uh, I I would encourage you just pick one of those categories um, and, and, and couple that because those categories you just listed out are, are categories that are, we could probably filter our goals through, mm-hmm. right? Is mm-hmm. that, man, I, I want to learn how to, I want to learn how to parent my kids better. Yeah. Great. So then read a book to help you in that process as you set your goals for it. Uh, and so we start to couple the wisdom of other people or outside yes. sources, right? Yes. And so we're finding community and maybe that's an easy way to find community yeah. is that we ask a couple of dudes to read some book, read a book with us yes. um, that maybe have a similar goal. Yeah. And get so Paul all David of a sudden Tripp's parenting we're, book, we're grab, grab five guys and start reading that yeah. together. Yeah. So all of a sudden we're, we're coupling, we're coupling this growing in our yes. wisdom oh, like with it. community as we progressively reach or, or strive to reach our goals. Yep. Yeah. Next one is stature, right? Grow in stature. What does that mean for a young man? Um, you know, I've got uh, one son at home that wants to put on 15 pounds of muscle. Um, his dad wants to take off 15 pounds. <laughs> we're, we're trying to figure out how, how you can like, you know, do that at the same time. Yeah. Like, could I just pass on 15 pounds to you? And apparently that doesn't work. Like he's, he's got to put it on himself. The technology's not out uh, yet. It's not that, not yet. Yeah. I've got to take it off myself. But I think stature is... Uh, an important aspect from a man's perspective. Um, how do you grow uh, in your walk, right? So that um, you're the man that can do the things that God has given you to do, right? What What are the things that you need to grow and develop just from a physical standpoint? And mm-hmm. I think everybody's at a different place, right? If, sure. um, you know, if, if your job, right, is not super physically demanding, it doesn't mean that I, you know, still can't hit the gym or go out, you know, and hike a trail and, and just get better physically, right? And I think at the end of the year, just kind of look back and say, what are some markers that you put for yourself? Um, you know, maybe it's, it's something where, you know, you're going to the gym and you're measuring, right? I want to get stronger, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's, I want to lose a little bit of weight. Maybe it's just, you know, hey, I want to be able to run a six minute mile. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, growing in stature is a, is a and a lot, a lot of those are, um, common for everybody, 
right? So I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on it, but just that's an area where you can put some goals together and and share those with some other people. Yeah, for sure. I I don't have a whole lot to add to that. I'm wondering what, I guess I have a question more than anything. I'm wondering in stature, if it's just physical or if there's also like, a mentality to uh, yeah, it. kind of how you if, carry yourself. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking like confidence, like I want to grow in confidence Ooh. this year. Uh, how do I do that? If like mentally, um, like I'm just not there. Like I don't see myself as that kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and so I think some of that stature piece is it, there may be more to it than just physical appearance. Uh, some of it may be, man, I need to grow. I need to, to, to work on my mental health even. Yeah. Of, of how I see myself and where I find my identity uh, and things like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there because I'm not really sure. I haven't put a whole lot of thought into no, that. No, I, I, I like it. I like it. I, I remember, you know, I was, uh, I mentioned one time, First um, Samuel 16, when they introduced us to David. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things is, you know, Saul's looking for a guy who can play music and, and you know, a guy comes up and says, hey, I know a guy. And, um, you know, he's skilled in playing. Uh, he's a man of valor, man of war. He's persuasive in speech. Um, and he walks with the Lord. Right. And just the, the persuasive of speech one kind of hit me mm. because when I thought about it, and I kind of did a little bit of study into it. Right. The idea is um, that like when David speaks, people listen. Mm-hmm. Right. He has weight to his words. And I think it's just kind of the, you know, even the presence of a person when they walk in, is that the kind of person that you want to listen to? Yeah. And I think what you mean in stature is how do you carry yourself? Yeah. Um, do you carry yourself as if um, you've got significance and meaning? Because God's given you a, a, a purpose, mm-hmm. right? And if and yeah. if the God of the universe has given you a purpose, right? I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Ephesians two ten, mm-hmm. right? That you're you're God's masterpiece, you're God's workmanship, yeah. right? That He has created work for you to do, right? From the beginning of time, even before time began, He said, "Hey, I got a Gabe Boyd coming soon, uh, and Gabe's going to do these particular things." And I'm, I'm thinking, with the God of the universe, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, who has created all things, has crafted you to do something it's kind of important. Yeah. Right. Like it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, right. And, and there's not that. another, here's a weird thing. There's not another Gabe Boyd. I mean, yeah. not only today when there's 8 billion people, there's not another Gabe Boyd, but in the history of mankind, yeah. there hasn't been one. And however long this thing keeps on going, there won't be another one. Yeah. And so the work that he's given you to do, yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Right. I so, like so I think, you know, in a sense, carry yourself with that meaning and significance that you've got something to do. Yeah. Um, and, and vocation, right? Your job, your calling, right? All that, Oz Guinness has a great book called uh, The Call, and he kind of wrestles through that concept of a lot of people kind of look at, um, here's my job and I make money, uh, and that's the end of the discussion. And he's like, I think there's something greater from a Christian perspective of what has God created you to do? Yeah. And and work is a part of it, but it's not all of it. Sure. So yeah. great, great conversation. Yeah, that's good. Um, wisdom, stature, in favor with God and in favor with man. Um, in favor with God, that that seems like kind of a specific, right? Christian esque. How do I grow in favor with God? What would yeah. you say to that? Um, well, um, I I think it's just resting in His grace. Honestly, I I, I think that um, man, there's there's so much that's going on uh, in and around us. Uh, t- it, there's uh, I, I feel like within our culture, there's so much. Um, 
expectation on performance. Oh, so much. Um, yes. and, and I think a lot of times, man, we just need to sit back and remember what we've been given, that uh, if you are a Christian and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've received all of his favor already. Yeah. In, fa- uh, in fact, he doesn't hold any of it back. You have 100% of his favor and love on yeah. you. Ephesians 2, the beginning of it, mm-hmm. actually talks about us being seated with Christ in yeah. the heavenly realms. And the idea is, <laughs> like, if you were to die, you'd immediately be in God's presence, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing that separates you other than you're still breathing. And so are you going to gain more favor from God? And the answer is, from a spiritual perspective, no. Right. Right. Christ has already died for you, right? He, the blood has already been you know, shed. And so um, when, when you walk out, um, I, I think you know, in any relationship, right, when I walk and my walk is not honoring of God— mm-hmm there's going to be some tension in that relationship when my walk is honoring of God. Right. But the, the favor right of God rests on you already. Right. And I think that's a great reminder is you're, you're working from victory, not to victory. Yeah. Right. You know, Christ has already said, Hey, it's done. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so what, what does that, what does that look like? What does that mean? Um, and I think, you know, you said, if you're a believer, right. And I think that's to me, step one, right. What what does it be, you know, to, to grow in favor with God is, Step one is you have to have the favor of God on you. How do you get that? Well, it's through his son, Jesus Christ. Like right. he's made a way so that you don't have to, you know, make certain sacrifices, which is what we see in scripture in the Old Testament, right? Which is what we see in a lot of churches today. Mm-hmm. There's a certain performance that you have to do, and this is how I earn God's favor, right? Yeah. Well, those things all pointed to the cross where, right, the law was there to tell us, hey, listen, you can't do this. Right, but there is one coming who will. Yeah. Right. And so when we understand that concept, how do I grow in favor with God? Is I grasp that idea um, that my favor comes through his son Jesus Christ. Right. So mm-hmm. now my unrighteousness is taken away. It's replaced by his righteousness. And it's a it's a totally different thing. Yeah. Right. So that's that's the place to start. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I think I think for a lot of us it's it's learning how to rest in that and, and be reminded of that often, uh, probably more than we allow ourselves because of all the pollution, yep. as, as you yep. mentioned, the, the stars in the sky. Um, and, and then I think just what you said of like, while we rest in his grace, um, then we, we, we live in obedience, mm. but not for our own glory. Right. Um, that at the end of the day, if we've already received all of his favor, um, that as I, as I obey, um, man, then I'm just looking to continually point myself and others back to him. Um, and so I know we've been talking with our students a lot about what does it mean for us to be obedient? If, if our works aren't the things that save us, they're also not the thing that sanctify us. Um, and so I think we're going to talk about that here in a minute as we talk about growing uh, in the Lord. Um, but at, at, in, as far as like growing in favor with him, there's nothing that we can do to make him love us more, nothing we can do to make him love us less. Uh, but I think uh, as a believer, one of the things that should be uh, pressing and something I want to I want to I want to grow in is my obedience to him, yeah, um, and, and doing the things that he has he has set before me to do. Yeah, well, in, in fact, when you, when you said there's nothing I can I can do that could make you know God love me more, or God love me less, I think about you know the the um, parable that uh, Christ taught about the parable we call it the parable of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it, it's weird. Okay, so prodigal uh, means an excess of, right? So if you are a prodigious child, right? If you have a child prodigy, uh, it means that they do something really, really, really well, mm-hmm. right? And so it's weird, right, that we call it the prodigal son because what he did was um, he went and did a lifestyle that was too much, an excess, mm-hmm. right? An excess of just right living by the world standard. But what you see is, right, you see the father, right, is really the the 
the story's inf- you know, impact is on the father. And he's the one who has, he's like the prodigal father, he has an excess of love. And so he loves his son, even though his son is not walking right in the right way. When his son returns, right, he doesn't go out there and say, okay, now, time to clean up, time to get your act together, right? He runs out there and he's like, hey, put the ring on him, throw the robe on him, you know, kill the fattened calf. My son has returned because he's his son. He loves him. Right at that at that level that as I don't love you more now that you've returned. I love you the same. Mm-hmm. Now here's the deal: for us to share in that love and for us to enjoy that, yeah, you need to be here at home, right? right? Yeah, like when good. you're when you're off living, right, according to the world standards, and you're doing things by the world. How was that? How did that work for you? And it wasn't enjoyable, yeah. and it, and it didn't help our relationship so that so that you could feel and experience my love. Now, when you come back home and you're walking in a manner, right? Ephesians says, when you're walking in a manner worthy of your calling, right? You're walking in the ways of the Lord so that you can experience that love and then you can share that love with others. So it's a, it's a I get exactly what you're saying, yeah. right? For somebody who's, you know, who's coming from one of those performance-based religions, mm-hmm. that's a difficult thing for them to really understand though. Oh, for right? sure. Are you, are you trying to say like, I could go out and you know kill a bunch of people and God would love me just as much. It's like, okay, God would love you just as much. He doesn't love your actions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Just like if your kid did that, you wouldn't love them less, but you wouldn't condone their actions. Yeah. Right. And I think it's, that's, that's where you have to, you know, really wrestle with people on that. Yeah. Yeah, it, the, yeah. There's so much more I could say on that, but we, have we don't whole, have time for a we sermon. Have a whole sermon on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, grow in favor with God and with man. Um, yeah. One of the things in terms of growing in favor with man, like, what does that look like? And and you know, a lot of times we're going to have this Christmas time, this holiday season. We're going to be around a bunch of you know family. Uh, it can be very tense. Um, and, uh, and a lot of people are starting to talk about this, this idea of, you know, what, what is it that you need to do, um, you know, to, to get along better with people. Um, and I want to go to, uh, Colossians, uh, and Colossians talks about this whole idea of, um, the things that you put on, the things that you take off, right. And it talks about, you know, as you, as you take off those things that are self-centered and you begin to put on those things that are godly, um, in Colossians three, it says you put on, um, compassion, right. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, um, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Right. So how do you, how do you put those things on? Right. Cause I think that's, that's the idea of growing in favor with man is I have a, I have a compassion towards the people who are around me. Uh, it doesn't say by the way that you're going to like everybody around you, mm-hmm. um, but it does say that um, you can forgive. Right. I think that's such an important, right. I've given uh, the bait of Satan by John Bevere to dozens of people who have um, an area or a person that they've just um, they haven't been able to get past. They have not been able to forgive, right? Because somebody has done something, you know, horrendous, right? Yeah. And think whatever you want, right? But just, you know, if you've been forgiven much, you need to learn how to forgive. Yeah. Um, and there's another book by Ed Welch called um, When um, People Are Big and God is Small. And just mm-hmm. how we sometimes let um, what people have done to us uh, become the predominant thought as opposed to what did God intend for that? Why did God allow that? What can God use from that? Yeah. Right. And and the, the crazy thing, how God can bring a sweetness out of a sour is just an amazing concept. And you've seen that in so many different people, you know, their lives, uh, whether it's a, a tragic accident, I'm thinking of like a Johnny Erickson, you know, Tata who dives into a, you know, a shallow pool, breaks her neck 
and then has this incredible life where she gives credit to God, right, for all the things that he's been able to do through her, even mm-hmm. though it was a terrible tragedy that happened to her, yeah. right? Just how, how does God do that, right? Yeah. And that's what's amazing. So, you know, forgiveness is an important aspect, especially during the holidays, if there's some tension in your family, how do you forgive somebody, right? Yeah. How do you bring that in? What would you say to those things? Yeah, it, there's there's so much to be said on that, and, and I love I love going to Colossians. I think that mixes and pairs really well with Galatians five, mm-hmm. uh, where Paul talks about the fruits of the spirit. Yep. Uh, because in both of those instances, both in Colossians as well as Galatians, uh, he first hits us with these are the things you need to put off. Yes. Uh, in, in Galatians, he would say <laughs> the things of the flesh, right. which actually translates so the good. desires of the flesh, which yep. to your point earlier actually translates as the over desires. Uh, which a lot of times when he says the, this word over desires, it's over desires of good things that become all that you've made ultimate things. Yes. Right. And so this yes. would be, this would be us really focusing inwardly on, on the self, yeah. uh, which is the complete antithesis to growing in favor with other people is focusing only on ourselves. Yeah. And so when that becomes an over desire of ours, uh, and he, he gives us a list both in Colossians and Galatians of what this looks like to over desire things that benefit only us. Yeah. Um, and you can work through that list on your own and and it's pretty grotesque uh all the all or, the things nobody even, wants to be identified by any of the things or, in those things yeah and even but even something good but not in god's timing i'm thinking about like you know you got a young guy out there he's like hey i want to be married right yeah. and so you know it's like hey if i'm not married right you know like my, my life isn't complete and you know the concept is is you know singleness um is a time for god to use you right in a way that's that's different and even more significant than when you're married because you have more time, right? Yeah. So, so don't miss the opportunity. If you're single, don't miss that opportunity. The other thing is, well, how do you prepare yourself to be in a relationship and to lead, you know, a, a family? Um, and you know, it's like, it's one of those things that if, if you can spend some time now getting ready for that, but yet not worshiping the idea of that's your primary focus, right? Yeah. And, and that God can't use me because I'm single. It's like, and that's, totally not true at all. Right? God used Jesus just fine. He was single. Um, Paul, yeah. <laughs> right? Pl- plenty of single you know, people in the Bible. Um, but I, I think that, that what you're saying, right, is that put off is, it's not that being married is not a great goal. Um, it's, it's the, I want to be used by God in whatever way he wants to use me, right? right? And, and marriage can be one of those particular things that he has for me. So I want to prepare myself for that, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, that's the, the you know, the, the goal isn't to be married. The goal is, God, how do you want to use me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's, that's where you say, the put, put off, right, something that would be inappropriate in, in terms of like how you phrase it and put on, I want to be used by God. And if that's, you know, in a relationship with, with you know, a woman and, you know, being able to lead a family and doing those things, fantastic, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for God to use me in that way, right? And that's what I'm putting on, right? I'm putting on what does Christ want to do through me? I'm open to it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly right, and, and and it's funny. Like, there's so many students and kids that I talk to, but even men, um, it, it's there's there's certain things I want to stop doing. Yeah, and I'm like, that's great. I love that you recognize that there are over desires or things that maybe just are bad habits that yep. are part of your old yep. self, as he says in Colossians, that you want to put off. Well, that's great, but but we don't just through discipline put off things, uh, we've got to put something else on. That's right. Um, and, and so what are those things that we have to put on, right? And so uh, I just, I mean, uh, a couple of months ago, I'm meeting with a kid and he's like, man, I've just really noticed and feeling really convicted about my language. Hmm. Like my language is terrible. Okay. Um, I, I, I want to stop cussing. Yeah. And I was like, wonderful. I love that you want to stop doing that. So what are you going to start doing instead? There you go. Right. And, and so it, it, it's not enough just for me to like, 
put this really intense effort in stop cussing. Yeah. But instead, I want you to start encouraging other people. I want you to yep. start yep. praying more, right? And so, like, I want to take something off, but I want to put something else in because our human nature, as soon as we take it off and we notice that it's missing, we're going to put it right back on. Yeah. Uh, most of the time. And it's the same way. If I want to stop being so selfish, uh, then man, I better start putting on some generosity or kindness. In fact, that's, uh, I mean, to get to your point, I think that's kind of how you get to, right. uh, You know, I want to stop being so selfish, right? Well, how do you do that? You don't just wake up today and say, Hey, I'm going to stop thinking about myself. I think you start by saying, Hey, I want to be generous. Mm -hmm. Right. And then what you realize is, is you're thinking less about yourself because you're thinking more about others. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of that inverse of, of like, you don't, you don't just get up and say, hey, I want to stop swearing, right? But you say, hey, I want to start encouraging. Mm-hmm. So my, when, I, when I look at people and the words that come out of my mouth, right? I, you know, they're, they're either salt water or fresh water, right? They're either building up or tearing down. So if I focus on the building up, guess what will happen to the tearing down words? They don't come out of my mouth as often, right? Because yeah. that's what I'm focusing on the building up, right? So there's there's a verse in Ephesians we were talking about. Um, Ephesians 4, uh, 28 says, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with everybody, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, if you got something bad that you used to do, right, don't focus on not doing the bad. Focus on doing the good, Yeah. right? If you used to, If you have a particular skill and you used it for something that was wrong, use it for something great now. Right. And build something. And as you're building something, you'll realize I don't have any time to steal anymore. Yeah. Right. I don't have time to, you know, think about the things that are negative because I'm doing the things that are positive. And I think that's that's what we're talking about. Right. Is you, you put on those things. But you're right. The, the taking off is an important aspect because you can't put on good things if you've got all these negative things that are taking up all the time, energy and effort in your life. Yeah. Yeah, the the last thing I would say on this is is the the reason I'm in Galatians. It's something that I'm studying right now, and, and I'm reading this book. And he just makes this mention of um, that when it comes to uh, this taking off these other things mm-hmm. and putting on these uh, these fruits of the spirit, as Paul would call them, um, that that there's this uh, there's this full responsibility that we have to act on these good things, uh, but it's also a full dependence on the Lord to do mm-hmm. them in us. Yes. Right is that most of the time, uh, well, according to our flesh, we won't naturally do any of these things that we want to say we want to put on or right. that we want to be known as generous or kind or patient, loving. Uh, it, like These aren't na- natural for us. Right. Uh, what's natural is, uh, is for us to focus on me. Yep. Um, and, and so this complete dependence on the Lord as we seek to put something different on than what our flesh desires uh, is so important. And this, this just goes back to, man, we've got to be we've got to be involved in a community of men that will help uh, spur us on in these good works. Um, but understanding also that it, be, it comes from our dependence on the yeah. Lord doing these works in us. Yep. And even as you're talking, like it, when I think about, man, I want to I want to stop. I want to stop cussing, but I want to start uh, encouraging. What this does is it completely changes how I view people, right? You see this dramatic shift in like my speech, but mm-hmm. this is simply an action based on how I view other people, yeah. right? Are, are they an inconvenience to me or are they some, someone that I can be of help to, yeah. right? And, and so you have two d- totally different responses and it may be to the same exact person. Yeah. 
but it's just in, it, it's a different perspective of how I view that person so, so and not, how my interactions are going to go from there. Yeah. So not only is that important, right? But um, when John fifteen when he talks about I'm the vine, right? Mm-hmm. You're the branches, right? And apart from me, you can do nothing. And then you begin to realize that when when I when I cuss, right? I'm using the tongue that God gave me, right? And running air that he loaned to me across it mm-hmm. to send something out into the universe that I'm a steward of, right? My time, my talents, and my treasure. I'm a steward of the words that I express. But that's not something that Christ would say. So, so now, right, now not only do I not see the people as God sees them, but I see me as being more important than God, because now it's, hey, here's what Dan wants to say in this moment, as opposed to, I have an opportunity to speak and act, right, and give you what God would say if he were here. Mm -hmm. And how do I know that? Well, he is here, right? Because I I have him, right? He's tabernacled with me, right? He's given me the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit has an opportunity, if Dan would allow, (laughs) um, to speak in this particular situation. And what would he say? And when, and when Dan says, hey, no, no, let me, let me supersede what the Holy Spirit would say to this person or in this situation, and let me share you what my flesh would say, right? It's, it's Dan's now you know, on the throne and no yeah. longer is God. And so I think when you evaluate it from that perspective of, yeah, this, this is something that I can, in a sense, work on, right? I'm working out my salvation. How do I do that? Well, I, I abide in him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and I... I have opportunities all the time to say, you know, like who's going to who's going to be speaking here, Dan or the Holy Spirit? You know, who's going to be thinking about how this thing is framed, right? Dan or am I am I trusting that the Holy Spirit's going to give me an understanding of this, this situation so that I can so I can relate well to it. And I think that's when when you know, you want to grow uh, as a man this year, right? It's you got to learn to abide in Christ so that he can help you understand the situations that you're in. Yeah. What a what a great goal. Yeah. What a great goal to abide more every day. Yep. Very good. Well, there, there's our, our, uh, our year end, right? Wrapping up 2022, getting ready for 2023. I hope yeah. that 2023 is a, um, a year that you grow, um, in your faith in Christ, um, that you build community, uh, and relationships that are meaningful and significant. And I think as you, as you go throughout the year, having little checkpoints, yeah. um, you know, just little, little stones of remembrance, little things that you remind yourself of, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm three months into this. How are we doing? Um, you know, Hey, we're six months into this. How are we doing? Right. Where, you know, you get to that end of the year at the end of 2023 and you can look back and you can say, look what God has done, uh, in me and through me. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can kind of give him the, the glory for the things that he's worked out. So good stuff. Thanks, Gabe. Love it. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.